High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Four minutes past 12 o'clock on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the DL Link Show. I'm Nikki Seberini. How are you doing? This, of course, is the show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. And uh, what a week it has been. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, this is what I want to say, that they have done research on the positive impact of group meditation. Now, if we just look at religions, you know, everyone gets together, they pray, they're praying at certain times of the day. Prayer is very, very powerful. Affirmation is very, very powerful. So we've got so many South Africans running around at the moment. And, um, you know, how can we not be this way, reacting to what is happening in our country, to the shocking stories of what these young women have been subjected to, lost their lives, to the xenophobic attacks. And there's just this overwhelming sense of helplessness and fear and frustration and anger. And, of course, our minds go to a million different places. we definitely operating from the fight or flight you know we just want to run save our lives do whatever and it's irrational thinking and it's kind of like you're playing a horror movie in your mind over and over and over again every time you think of it and believe me I understand because we could sit in a room and you're going to say but Nikki the reality is this so it is shocking and I'm just going to say to you that in these moments it is so important to bring yourself into this present moment this moment is the only moment you have when you go into your head and you go into what's happening You're in the horror movie, but when you bring yourself into this moment and you look around and you go, in this moment, am I okay? We can only deal with one moment at a time. Yes, the external, the reality, what is happening is there. How can I create peace in my mind? So why did I start off talking about a meditation? And as I said, research was done. And quite specifically, um, years ago during the time of the Lebanese war and with Israel, and they had groups of people um, meditating at certain times, and they noticed a reduction in violence and violent reactions when masses of groups of people decided to meditate. So... We can all be feeling very hopeless and very helpless at this time. Um, and if we sit in groups and we continue to tell the stories of how bad it is, we're only spreading how bad it is. Um, and I'm not a denialist and I'm not saying that I'm an ostrich and putting my head in the ground. I'm saying let us be very mindful of what we're thinking, what we're saying. So there is initiative happening. And, you know, when I first saw this, you know, it kind of I thought, all right, but now that I have gone through it over and over, I, 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 that's why I'm very consciously bringing it to you because there is a a, a safe South Africa meditation that is happening this evening at 7 o'clock and meditation, it's whatever it is for you it's 10 minutes of silence at 7 o'clock this evening 10 minutes of silence and it says please join fellow South Africans in a 10 minute moment of silence to help the state of the country and many of you will go to, oh well you can't, I mean that's just ridiculous and it's wishful thinking and you can't change the reality 
reality, and I'm just telling you that research has been done, when groups of people get together and very mindfully and very consciously think and send out prayer and send out good energy and send out good light, and if we all do it at 7 o'clock tonight, I'm not saying we're going to change people's mindsets. I'm saying let's see what we can do because I'll tell you the one thing that will happen is you're going to walk away feeling a lot better, and that's very, very important. So shoot me down. Don't shoot me down. I'm going to be doing it at 7 o'clock. 10 minutes, all races, genders, cultures, nationalities will unite in prayer or meditation or silence for 10 minutes starting at 7 p.m. this evening, what, wherever, they may, they, wherever they may be to help save the country. I'm doing it. I hope you are. 7 o'clock this evening. In a moment, we're going to take a very quick break. After the break, I'm going to be introducing our first guest. He is our cancer warrior, and Darren Robertson will be joining us, sharing his story of, of wow, within just a few months of his whole life turning around um, and just how he sees the world now. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Thank you so much for tuning in to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. It is wonderful to be with you on this Thursday. I'd like to introduce our first guest, our cancer warrior, Darren Robertson. Darren, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Nikki. I appreciate it. So, wow, Darren, reading your story, I mean, there you and your wife were looking at your vitality points and thinking, how can you get more points? Oh, wow, maybe I should go for a checkup. And this really, really landed up to be a life-saving decision, didn't it? Absolutely. We, Like you say, we were just trying to maximize our points and trying to get as many points as we can. And we figured out, we figured that we were healthy and that, you know, we're going to go and have the health assessment and then we'll... You'll just, you know, bank the points and get on with our lives and everything will carry on as per normal. Yeah. When my GP said that, you know, she really wants to test my PSA levels, which is your prostate-specific antigen levels, mm-hmm. I asked her if she was crazy. I was 40 years old or 41 years old, and there was no need for me to check my prostate in my mind. Absolutely. She persevered, and we, we checked it, and the results came back elevated. And, you know, long story short, I got diagnosed with prostate cancer at the age of 42, which wow. was surreal. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Wow, Darren, so just rewinding a little bit to, you know, obviously you and your wife are healthy. You do everything you have to do. And, you know, this is why they have these vitality checks, right? So that you know, I mean, you don't, you don't want to become neurotic, but certainly you know what your health levels are like. How healthy were you? I mean, in terms of eating, in terms of exercise, give us an um, idea of where you were. Yeah, Nikki, we're very healthy. I've completed an Ironman. I've done several half Ironman um, sure. triathlons. I've, I've raced staged mountain bike races. Um, yeah, I was, I was fit, young, fit and invincible in my mind. Mm. Um, <laughs> never mm. to know. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, is there cancer in your family that you're aware of? Um, my dad was diagnosed and passed away from a brain tumor about two and a half years ago, but by all accounts, it's not linked. Um, you know, brain tumors and prostate cancer are, are not, are not hereditary, mm-hmm. um, in that instance. So no, it's kind of a bolt out of the blue. Yeah. Well, look, a lot of the research and we speak to so many doctors and they, they're talking about going for tests and early detection and that you can no longer say, oh, well, if there was cancer in my family, because people who've had absolutely no cancer in their families are, are being diagnosed with cancer so 
Wow, Darren. So let's talk about that uh, that diagnosis. Being told at such a young age that you that you have prostate cancer, and of course they they you, you, you know they they can only give you an idea of what stage it was, but it was a shock for you when you found out what stage cancer it actually was. No, absolutely. On diagnosis, after my biopsy, I was diagnosed with stage one um, Gleason index six, which is essentially the least significant prostate cancer that you could get diagnosed with. Um, it was a bit of a shock, but I thought because it's not that severe, um, you know, my chances of, of survival and recovery would, would be really, really good. Um, I had a full prostatectomy in January of this year. And once that got sent off, once my prostate got sent off to, for a full biopsy post surgery, it actually turned out that I had stage three, um, oh. prostate cancer, which was Gleason index eight out of 10, which is, a very different conversation. You know, the conversation then went around that if I had seen my urologist about a year later, it probably would have been too late for me. Sure. Wow. So that with a one and a half year old baby is a very daunting and scary prospect to face. And and Darren, did you have any type of symptoms? Anything at all? I did in hindsight. I was going to the bathroom regularly, but I had just you know, I'm not a particularly Big person, I'm five foot seven and uh, weigh seventy odd kilos, and I thought I've got small man, small bladder, yeah. maybe a little bit too much coffee, a little bit too much water, mm. and you know that's yeah, that mm. kind of explains it. So you know, I think South African men in general are quite bad at, at sometimes identifying symptoms, and we kind of get on with it. You know, that's kind of our mindset: is you you shut up and you get on with it. Whereas you know, I look at my wife, and you know, she's way more you know keen to go to the doctor and get something checked out if there's something that's not right whereas you know i've got to be kind of in bed before i go go to the doctor Mm -hmm. so i think i think that's something that all men could learn is that when something's not quite right or or you think that something might be off go and get checked out because early detection does save lives Mm -hmm. so when it's something that really stands out um, as being unusual because, of course, when we ignore it within a short space of time, it becomes the new norm, right? So now you're going to the toilet often and now you're just used to it. Absolutely. You're yeah, 100% correct. Yeah. And you think nothing of it and you just kind of explain it away. Mm. And we're all, we're all very good at rationalizing very and justifying. Um, and that's what we do. So, Darren, let's talk about the, the headspace that you were in. So, obviously, you've got quite a strong mind if you're an Iron Man kind of person. You're a go-getter. You can push yourself. And now, all of a sudden, you're diagnosed with stage three, and it's kind of the sense of being completely out of control because you can't control this, right? How did you navigate your way through this process? So in the beginning, I had a, uh, my best form of it of defense is attack. So my, you know, in the very beginning when I got diagnosed, uh-huh. I got hold of, of the guys at the Movember Foundation and found out what I could do to help them and to create, you know, to help spread the story and create awareness. And, you know, I, I, I threw myself into fundraising and doing events and all kinds of things. That was kind of the most cathartic way of me dealing with it uh-huh. and trying to spread my story. Upon hearing that it was stage three and that I, potentially could have been, you know, in a boatload of trouble a year down the line and facing my own mortality, that was a that was a very different experience and something that was was that was difficult. And yeah, I cried a lot. We spoke about it a lot. My wife and I've got a good relationship and we're very communicative and we you know, we we spoke at length about what could have been and and all those types of things. Um and you yeah, and you deal. It's therapeutic, you know, getting Talking and 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 dealing, you know, is it's therapeutic, and you know, it reverses trying to just deal with things on your own. So that was my support group from my family and from my spouse was was really kind of pivotal in helping me to kind of deal with what 
could have been in an, in an, in another world or in another instance. So going in your mind to had you waited a year, it would have been, you know, case closed and that's where, that's what was causing a lot of um, anxiety. Absolutely. For you. Mm, Absolutely. And, Especially uh, with a young child, you know, yeah. thinking about things like not being there, not watching your child grow up or mm. not going to the matric dance or watching her graduate or even going to school or, Missing all the milestones, you know, that's, that's a very horrible thing to think about. So how do you, what do you do with that, Darren? I mean, you talk about a, a support system and I mean, I started off the show, I don't know if you heard talking about, you know, what's happening in this country and so often we're playing the horror movie because we're thinking of past and then we are projecting into the future. And for you, it is a horror movie, right? Because once you got told, oh, well, this could have happened in a year, something's born in you. This, this horror movie going to, as you say, your child being without a father and all of these things so what do you do with that how do you how do you let that movie come to an end and rather let it fuel you to live into the present moment or, or yeah, has it not yet or are you still no, playing the I, horror movie no, I, I totally agree with you and, and you know, even with regards to the state of the country at the moment i think i think it's important to give credit to the situation that you're in uh-huh. um but I do think it's important to to see the light at the end of the tunnel, to find the silver lining, to to tell the good story, um, and that's what I do. So I, you know, I was like, in my mind, I was like, you know, I could have I, the situation for me could have been very different, but it wasn't. And even if it was, you know, will my family be taken care of? Are all my ducks in a row? Or you know, um, is there enough life cover in place? As an example, do I have a medical scheme? Will my bills be paid? Will I leave my wife with a legacy, or will I leave her with a burden? Mm. Um, and those types of things. And for me, you know, knowing that I had all my ducks in a row was was very um, helpful to me. I knew that whatever happened, my family were going to be okay, which gives me a, a level of comfort. But then, you know, I've subsequently had two blood tests since my surgery, which have been clear. And now I just live each day for what it is. And I'm, you spoke about earlier, you know, being present and being in the moment. And I, I take that on board wholeheartedly. And I, I try my best to live each day as best as I possibly can because you just don't know. You know, people get in, they're in car accidents. You get hit by a bus. You can, there are a whole lot of things that could happen to you. And I never want to live a life of regrets. And I never want to talk about things that I wish that I had done. Mm-hmm. So within reason, I try my best to live each day, start fresh and live each day the best way that I possibly can. Mm. I want to unpack that. I want to go into that, what, what that actually means. So we're taking a quick break, Darren. Um, yeah, let's explore that a little bit more after the break. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And uh, welcome back. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Nikki Seberini here. I have Darren Robertson um, on the line, uh, cancer warrior, sharing his story of being diagnosed at a very young age with prostate cancer, having the operation, finding out that was in fact at stage three and Darren talking about, you know, the horror of the, the realization of had he left it for a year, um, what could have happened? Well, he wouldn't be around to be, to be telling the story. And, um, and Darren was talking about living in the moment. Um, I was shopping this morning at a supermarket and I happened to bump into a man who I know who very recently lost his wife to a tragic biking accident and we were chatting and the first thing he said to me was just 
just be every moment is precious just just take in every moment love the people around you appreciate everything and then I walked away and then I just before coming to the show I spent a bit of time with a friend of mine who also recently lost a partner and she said the exact same thing to me time is so precious these relationships are so precious and so we hear this we hear this and so Darren you 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 spoke about the importance of the present moment and how you really trying to live each moment I, I want to unpack that a little bit more for people who are listening now we, we don't want to talk about it we don't want to just say life is precious spend time with the people you love because we still allow the horror movies of what's happening in South Africa and what's happening and happened in the past and projecting into the future to invade our present moment. So for you, it was a wake-up call. Unpack. Tell us how it has changed how you live in your present moment. Being diagnosed with cancer literally changed the way I run my business, the way I run my life, the way I manage my time, everything. So, you know, I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was in the rat race, but I, I'm a financial planner and I was chasing, chasing clients and chasing targets and chasing all kinds of things mm-hmm. for a, for a very long time, probably for about 14 years or so. And what I actually did was while I was still in hospital, I typed up an email to some of my clients, you know, just saying that I need to reevaluate my time and how much time I spend in a day doing certain things. So now I make sure that I spend time with my daughter. Um, I've set up a home office so that when I'm not out with clients, I can actually be at home and I can be present in my child's life. Um, you know, she can run into the office, give me a hug and go, you know, go back and play in the lounge or whatever she might be doing. Mm. I'll make sure that I exercise every day because um, it's so easy to go, it's raining or it's cold or I just don't feel like it. And the more bogged down we get in life and in negativity and in all these things that you've been talking about, you know, those things all kind of go away and people go and they sit in front of their computers in their offices and they just get more and more and more depressed for want of a better mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Whereas I find if you are spending time with your, with your children or with your spouse or you, or you out running or cycling or surfing or playing golf or doing whatever it is that you enjoy doing, you know, the endorphins get going and you, you feel better about everything, mm-hmm. you know. And so for me, that's very important. So I've scaled back on the number of clients I deal with. I've scaled back on the amount of hours that I work. I make sure that I can go to my child's swimming lesson or drop off at the library or, you know, do whatever needs to be done. You know, my wife and I have date night. We spend time in the evenings where we don't watch TV, where we just talk, you know, things like that, which are small things. They're not big things, but they mm. make a massive difference. Mm. So you don't have to be, as you say, you don't have to be all of a sudden changing your life completely and only doing the big things. It's finding within the smallest of moments the pleasure in the small moments. In other words, we can all have pleasure in the small small moments. We don't have to have the very big things where we think that that's where the joy and the happiness is. You're finding the joy and the happiness moment by moment by moment. Absolutely. You know, and wow. thing like that's a night, gift, Darren. That's a gift, you know. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, people have said to me things like date night, like, oh, we can't afford to go on date night. You can put a candle on your dining room table and eat spaghetti bolognese. You know, it doesn't have mm. to be this big, lavish, you know, thing. Yeah. But but just quiet time or intimacy time or whatever it might be is goes a long way to strengthen your relationship and to make you feel better mm. about everything. Mm. 
I love that. Thank you so much for that, Darren. So how are you? Um, how's everything going? You had the surgery. Is there any other treatment that you need to be going through as well? So not at the moment. So I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm strong. I'm a fighter and that's, that's me. So I was fortunate to be born with a good mindset and a good strong mind. Um, so in surgery, there have been a couple of things that have been different for us. So I had to, um, you know, spank sperm in case we want to have a second child because yeah. I, I can no longer do that naturally. Um, so that's another thing that comes with its own, you know, mental, um, mental, Roadblocks, I would say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so that's that's been a bit, a bit of a difficult one to come to grips with mm. in the beginning, but that's fine. Um, and now it's just for me, it's about having blood tests. So you know, I don't have a prostate, and and the cancer has been removed, but now I have to have blood tests every three months. And if my PSA ever spikes again, that means that some prostate-specific cell is multiplying in my body somewhere, and I'll have to go and and find it and take it out or nuke it or do whatever they do. So. Yeah, you're always looking over your shoulder, and that's what my urologist said to me. He said to me, you know what, everyone's going to rally around you in the beginning, but three months, six months, a year down the line, they're all going to get on with their lives, and you're mm-hmm. going to carry this thing around you forever, and you're going to be looking all over your shoulder forever, which is also horrible. You know, every time that blood test rears its head, I take a week or two to kind of deal and process and go for the blood test, wait for the results, and you kind of do it again. But it becomes the new normal. And, and, and Darren, how are you going to, if you spoke about the importance of the present moment, how are you going to stay in that present moment, plan for a future, as you've said, you know, watch your health, watch your whatever, but not get lost in a horror movie of, oh my God, is there something lurking? Yeah, I think it's just about staying present. I mean, for, for want of a, of, of a better term or, a, or without running the risk of using a cliche, I think is staying present. You know, what are you doing right now? Mm. So you've got to plan. We all have to plan for the future. We have to plan for retirement. We have to plan for when we're not here one day and all those types of things. However, you know, right now, what are you doing? And are you doing it to the best of your ability? Are you having fun? Are you enjoying it? Do you like your job? Um, do you know, do you like your situation that you're in? If you don't, try to change it. Um, but if you do, then, you know, it's quite empowering, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Darren, you've been highly inspirational and you've actually, we we needed to hear your story. We all needed to hear your story. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, I think you're amazing and uh, just wishing you good health and vitality and everything that goes with it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nikki. I really appreciate it. Lovely having you on the show. Take care. Darren Robertson. Um, so a young man, 40, 41, um, diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. Um, and thank God, I mean, you know, when he had the surgery, finding out that it was stage three, but thank God they managed to remove everything. And uh, please God, his health stays that way. But, you know, I, I'm really, really into... Walking my talk and not just talking it and um, we can all talk about how we want to live in a present moment. We all can talk about how we need to put our phones away and actually make eye contact with our children. We talk about um, having spend, spending more time together, um, you know, sitting in front of the TV and watching Netflix and getting lost in series after series after series. It's great. It's wonderful escapism. But how much eye contact are you having? 
with the person that you love, how much interactive conversation looking into their eyes, you know, is that happening? And so can we stop talking and can we start doing? Um, and why don't we start doing with the 10-minute prayer or silence or meditation or whatever it is tonight? Today's a little bit of a wake-up call. That's what I'm saying. Um, we're moving on to our next guest, um, Dr. Hugo van der Merwe, who is a urologist and a robotic surgeon. So this is fascinating, robotic surgery. So Dr. Hugo um, van der Merwe, thank you so much for joining us. Wonderful, wonderful having you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, the first question I have to ask is what is robotic surgery? So robotic surgery is just a form of minimally invasive surgery where we do surgery through small little keyhole incisions but with a much greater finesse than was possible in the past. So expand on that. So if it's if it's minimally invasive surgery, so what are you working through tiny little holes as opposed to a big a cut in the in the skin? That's absolutely correct. So there's a five to six small little incisions, all about two to three centimeters in in size, through which a, a series of instruments can pass. But most importantly, a very uh, high definition three dimensional camera to give us a, a natural or a normal anatomical view on the inside. That's fascinating. So let, let's talk about, um, I know that you're a urologist, but I, I, I've heard that you can have a hysterectomy, for example, um, using robotic surgery. Am I correct? Absolutely. So around the world, urology is the main user of robotic surgery. But robotic surgery can expand to many other areas, including female health, uh, general surgery, uh, even cardiothoracic surgery. Okay, so you're going to, and I am, you know, I'm a layman, absolutely through and through. I will absolutely admit it, and this has always fascinated me when I've thought about this kind of surgery. How do you pull an organ or a big whatever you're removing through tiny little holes? Sorry, I have to ask the question. So on uh, the completion of the, of the procedure, when whichever organ is removed, as you say, this gets placed into a, a special bag mm-hmm. or a specimen bag, uh, which is then removed through one of the small uh, by enlarging one of the smaller incisions. Gee whiz. Okay. So let's talk about um, prostate cancer. We've just had a, a, a cancer warrior on the show. He had his prostate removed. What is it called to, when you have your prostate removed? A prostatectomy. A prostatectomy. So a prostatectomy, I'm presuming you can use robotic surgery for a prostatectomy. Absolutely. That's our most frequent use of the robot at present. So, so, doctor, if you can just give us an idea, this, this, um, cancer warrior was diagnosed at the age of 41, which is very, very young when it comes to prostate cancer. Um, I know when it comes to, uh, as a female going for mammograms, going for certain annual checkups, it's when you reach a certain age threshold, right? In terms of prostate, when should you be going for those blood tests? At what age should you be going for prostate checkups? That's a, a, well, used to be a very sneaky uh, question. Luckily, uh, uh, science has answered that for us. Mm-hmm. Certainly, the traditional dictum was that you should start checking when you're 50 and then you do that on a yearly basis. 
this was basically a thumbsuck. There was no uh, scientific evidence to prove this claim or this advice. But uh, for the last couple of years, based on good scientific evidence, we advise that you start uh, once again at the age of 40, but that the frequency of the uh, follow-up or the screening, as we call it, would then be determined by what your baseline reveals. So at the hopefully young, early in the 40s, we would do a baseline investigation for you, and we would be able to advise how frequently you need to repeat this uh, these investigations based on those on that baseline. What is a baseline investigation? So it consists of two parts. There's a physical examination, which most men fear or dread, and as well as a blood test that gets performed. But these two still need to be done uh, in collaboration, and, and one can't replace the other. So you would go for the, the physical examination from the age of 40? That's good. That would be your baseline. That's wow. all the advice. So, you know, interesting because, I've, as you've said, I mean, you know, in the past we used to think that it was only from the age of 50. And I think it's very, very important that we stress that, doctor, because, um, you know, the information is changing all the time. And this young uh, Darren Robertson, the only reason, and he's a healthy man. He takes part in Ironman. He's, as I said, he was 40 at the time. He had just turned, was turning 41. And he decided to go for a vitality check um, as as discovery requests and so he went and he had the tests and, and he was diagnosed and after the operation they found that it was already at stage three so had he waited a year it would have just been too late it was it would have been far gone so I think it's very important to stress doctor that from the age of 40 men should be going and having their prostate checked and not just the blood test but the physical examination as well we couldn't agree more, absolutely. So so you're saying that based on the baseline investigation, they would then be told whether they need to come once a year, once every two years, just based on that initial investigation. That's correct. They basically get risk stratified at a younger age, and then we follow up accordingly. Okay. And tell me, doctor, do you have to go to a urologist, or can you go to a GP for this kind of examination? Uh, GP should be fine. Uh, we find more and more of guys uh, seeking specialist advice, but in a, in a well-educated GP, this would be more than sufficient. Okay, fantastic. Doctor, thank you so much. So much information and very important information you've shared with us this afternoon. We do appreciate your time. It is my biggest pleasure. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Dr. Hugo van der Merwe, urologist and robotic surgeon. Um, you know, I, I, I've done an interview and it wasn't so long ago and we were talking about prostate cancer and uh, someone said, you know, from the age of 50 you would go for the physical. So from, from 40 to 50 it would just be the blood test and um, from 50 onwards the physical. And I think based on the story that we've heard today and certainly not wanting to make you fearful, or but we are all about early detection. Look at Darren Robertson's story. He got it early and thank God he is fine. Guys, from the age of 40, I know you don't want to go. No one wants to go, but you got to go. Make an appointment after this show. Please, either go to your GP or go to your urologist. It is a blood test and it is a physical examination. And within a few minutes, it's over and then you know. Rather know than don't know. Are we breaking for ads, Craig? Do we don't have ads? No, we're going to go straight to our next guest um, uh, here on 101.9 High FM. So we've been talking about... Um, 
cycling. We've been talking about running. We do everything here on uh, the DL Link show. We do have the discovery, um, the 947 uh, race coming up soon, and we've been promoting that. But there's something else also happening. Um, lots of people join forces with the DL Link because of what the DL Link does. So we are always excited when people run races or cycle or do incredible things, raising funds, raising awareness, and also assisting DL Link. So David, David, I've got it. Is it Bushalta? That's Bushalta. Bushalta. How's it, David? Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So wow. I mean, you are a runner. I am a runner, yeah. Have you always been a runner? No, I only started running. Come a little bit closer to the mic. I started running in the last two years. Uh huh. Um, And yeah, it was just uh, just formed a love of running. And uh, recently, I've started wanting to run for certain causes. And why? I just think that you can really reach more. uh, You can really do more, inspire people through your running. And I've also I follow a lot of other runners, people running for cancer, people running for causes. And just really trying to promote um, and create awareness um, of what they're doing. Now, your father-in-law was diagnosed. Correct. Uh, Paul Robinson was then diagnosed about two months ago with uh-huh. prostate cancer. Uh-huh. And then following that, he was uh, diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Sure. Wow. Um, so he's now undergone six weeks of uh, chemotherapy and radiation therapy. And, Hardcore, uh, hey? Yeah, yeah mm. really, really tough. How's he doing? Um, he's doing, he's strong. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's back playing bowls. Wow. You know, he's not a he's not a guy to give up, you know. Amazing. And um <clears throat> I really just wanted to do something to show my support for my wife, for Romaine, and for Paul and really just uh, do something, you know, instead of just words, just actually do something and uh that's this is it. what I'm doing. I love it, I love it. Inspiring. Let's take a break and let's talk about what you're doing after the break. IFM one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. Inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. That's what you get when you listen to the DL Link show. This community is full of inspired people, individuals who go beyond themselves, beyond their lives, and they want to do more. And I hear it every week, and it's hugely inspiring. To be connected with that is, as I always say, a privilege. So uh, David Buchalter is just another one who, in the name of his father-in-law, Paul, who is going through a whole lot of treatment at the moment he's taken up jogging um, and now he's really pushing himself and taking part David in the Rockies Gerald Fox Memorial Race Correct. happening on the 15th of September that's right so you decided how come you decided to get involved in this race what's with this race so what happened was that a colleague of mine uh, he registered for this race uh-huh. and it turned out that he wasn't able to attend the race so he gave me the entry so okay. when I was so now which I was, was how long so the I mean, how many kilometers? Oh, the 20, uh, to the to the half marathon, twenty-one kilometers. And have you ever run twenty-one? I've kilometers? never run twenty-one. So is he a colleague? Is he still a friend, or have you discarded him? No, no, he's a colleague. <laughs> we actually. At, <laughs> he's just signed you up for twenty-one k. He signed okay. me up for twenty-one k. Yes, okay. At which point, uh, I thought, you know what, this is a lo- really long way to go. Let me do it for something bigger than myself. Uh-huh. And so I decided to dedicate it to Paul. And after I decided to do that, I decided to get in touch with uh, the Deal Link. Um, as I knew about the Jerusalem Marathon And um, So I got in touch with Tammy And she just encouraged me to get more runners Get more runners, get momentum behind this We now have almost 15 runners <laughs> we now have a As the deal link always I mean it was going to be you and now it's 15 of you Absolutely And do you open to more? Uh, or we're just, not, we're you're just looking to... for fundraising? No, so we've closed the entries for runners 
Um, but now we just we're looking for support. We're looking for people to to donate to the cause and to donate to DL Link and support our support the runners. Um, soon we'll have a website up where you'll be able to select which runner you want to back. Really? And then uh, put your donation through uh, in Paul's name. Yeah. Soon, when soon? Hopefully today. Hopefully uh, today. According okay. to Tammy, we've we've put a rush on this. I mean, this thing started about two weeks ago, yeah. so we really put a rush you know, on everything. That's Tammy. Tammy, the deal link. You come with an idea. I want to run a race, and they turn it into an event. It really has become. And that. because that's what they do, and everyone just wants to come on board, which is just incredible. So let us talk about 15th of September is around the corner, Absolutely, right? Yeah. How much money have you raised so far? So we've raised about 30k. Wow. Um, and our goal is 100k. 100k. So, That's all. Yeah, just a. You know, 10 yeah. kilometers, 21 kilometers. You're pushing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who's come on board so far? What sponsors? Have uh, so gone we've on got Diskem on on board. Uh, we've got Heaton Valves, Decor Handles, Jarvits, and so many others. We really just had so much support uh, from people and friends, and uh, everyone just really wants to get on board. So let's be clear about this. So you're running with a team of other runners, and it's for the the funds that you raise. It's in honor it's in, your, in your father-in-law's name, correct. but the money that you raise is going to go to the DL link. That's correct. Okay, fantastic. So people who are listening, if they want to help you reach the goal of 100,000 or rent, how do they do it? So they can go onto the DL link today website mm-hmm. um, and then donate from there using the, uh, the EFT details. With a reference of um, how how do they do it? What comes up on the on the? Is it donations? Is it under donations? So it'll be under okay. donations. All right, under donations, and then you could uh, you can use the details and the reference would be your name and then Rockies. Rockies, okay, um, R O C K I E S. Yeah. Once the website okay. goes up, you can there is a pay fast link. Uh, will will go up and uh, you'll be able to do that as well. I presume they can get to that w- website via the DL link website. Via the DL link website, okay. So just go to the DL link website um, because there's so many initiatives and so many things happening. But this specifically, you're looking at Rockies and there'll be a link to, to the website. Correct, okay. correct. So, so the question is, how are you doing? I mean, do you think you're going to make 21Ks? Absolutely. 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 Have no doubt. Have no doubt. It's all in your mind. It's all in your mind. It's, you know, it's really, it's, all, it's a psychological game. And you just really have to uh, think positively and just know that you can do it. You know, even if I have to, um, you know, walk a little bit, it will be, I'll get over the line and and I'm going to do it. You know, where is the race? Where where does it take place? um, It's around the Johannesburg Zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's starting around the Johannesburg Zoo and then the run is from there. And then finishing back at the Johannesburg Zoo. Fantastic. Well, listen, all the best, David. Thank I you mean, so much. just overnight you've become a marathon runner. And I know, I know that once their DL link have got their hands on you, you're going to be running in the Jerusalem Marathon. In case you didn't know yet, I'm telling you, that's how it works. <laughs> You'll be back in the studio talking about it. But what a great initiative. Thank I wish you. you and the, the rest of the team all 15. Is it you plus 15 or you plus 14? Yeah, me plus 14. Okay, the the 15 of you, may you run well, uh, look after yourselves, and just I hope you reach the target of 100,000 rand. Thank you so much. Absolutely awesome. Thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So go to the the DL Link website, um, and you can make – so it's an EFT, really. um, And it doesn't matter how small, how large, anything, it all adds up. These guys and gals are running for the DL Link. All the money goes to the DL Link, um, and it's happening on the 15th of September, so you need to really, really move it. Thanks, David. Great. Thank you very much. How old are you? I'm 35. Okay, you've got five years, and then you start with prostate, cancer, 
I mean, not cancer, prostate investigations, whether you like it or not. I'm going to push it every week. I'm telling you I am. And the expression on your face spoke volumes. He doesn't want to. He's got five years to get his head around it. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. Wow, so many things happening. And um, the one thing that I really do want to mention was, um, you know, we, we, we had this phenomenal event, the Three C's event. And this is kind of very similar to the Three C's event, but it's a, a gratitude evening. It's for all the people, all of you who come along and help the DL Link. It's for the DL Link volunteers, for... Uh, those who have put in money to support the DL Link, help the DL Link continue to do um, what it does in the community. And so the DL Link are inviting, if you have been volunteering, if you have done work for the DL Link, they would like you to come along to the Gratitude Evening. Um, it is as their guest, really. It's happening at the Barnyard Ravonia. Um, it's going to be a wonderful evening. Musa is going to be dancing again. Um, it's going to be delicious food. Uh, Riva is just incredibly generous and is going to be um, catering that evening as well. And so we're inviting you, if you have volunteered, if you've done something for the DL Link, the DL Link would like to extend their gratitude um, towards you. So the phone the DL Link offices and the number to dial um, is 011-485-3269. That is 485-3269. And that is the Gratitude Evening. It's happening on the 18th of September. Again, it is the Barnyard Ravonia. And, uh, and I speak on behalf of the DL Link. We would really, really love it if, if you could join us. We're going to uh, play a beautiful song. And then after the song, we're going to talk about the Discovery 947 race and how you can get involved so enjoy the music hi fm your station of choice since 2008 don't you just love cindy lauper okay so 17 november is the discovery 947 ride joburg race happening at the river sands commercial park and of course the dl link is putting a team together um team dl link um, you can partner with them in servicing over 800 cancer warriors. And really, it doesn't matter if you're a hardcore pro cyclist, a first-timer, or a health nut. This challenge is for everyone. Um, so why don't you get on board, and uh, why don't you call the DL, DL Link offices if you'd like to, and if you'd like to get a little bit more information. That is absolutely wonderful. 011-485-3269. 011-485-3269. It is time for me to bid you farewell. Well, I started off the show talking about um, this moment, this 10 moments of silence happening at 7 o'clock this evening. The power of community, the power of collective energy, when it is all moving in the right direction, when there is gratitude and love and good healing and good energy, it is outstanding. I really, really believe in it. So ten at 7 o'clock this evening, 10 minutes, do whatever it is you want to, whether it's meditate, say a prayer for South Africa, or just be silent. Let Let's all do it collectively tonight. Um, I hope that you will. I certainly will be doing it. From me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, you take care. Goodbye.